welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast, Brisbane Broncos preseason preview for 2024. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and I'm joined by Nick Lord, Stats Guru, Fantasy Nugget, Matt Burton, essay writer. What else am I adding today, Nick? What it do, baby? That was an absolute actual tinny and not from the soundboard fonts. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, mate, we're here to talk Brisbane Broncos. How about we get cracking? Let's get it, mate. Easy. Look, this is one of the easy teams to talk about. So fullback, we got Reese Walsh on the wings. It looks like we got Corey Oates. At this stage, Jesse Arthurs. Selwyn Cobo and Katoni Staggs at centre. Uh, we have in the halves, Ezra Mayhem and Adam Reynolds. Payne Haas. And it looks like at this stage, Corey Jensen in the props. Billy Walters at lock. Uh, Brendan Piacura and Jordan Ricky uh, on the edge. We have Patrick Carrigan at 13. On the bench, it's a bit of a mixed bag. We'll have a utility of some kind. It's this time, Corey Pay, Kobe Hetherington, Fletcher Baker, and possibly someone like Marty Tapao. Talk us through the gains and losses, Nick. Mate, they uh, got Fletcher Baker, who we're just riding up now, and Jaden Hunt uh, from the Dragons. And now we've got 2024 losses. Herbie Farmworth uh, down the road. What is it, up the road? Are they up north the road. or south of up the road to the Dolphins. Keenan Polisias down the road to the Titans. Tom Flagler's gone to the Dolphins. Logan Bayliss is unsigned. And Kirk Kate was a late season, a late off season, I should say, switch across the ditch to the Kiwi Warriors. That's it. All right, so we've got a few guys to look at here. So we have Jesse Arthurs, who is currently injured, will probably be back pre-season challenge. Jordan Rickey, uh, who had a shoulder injury, is looking to get that fixed for round one. Payne Haas, cut all the hamstring struggle the other day. Uh, something to keep an eye on, but he should be back and fit. And Fletcher Baker, who also had a bit of a groin issue, but will be back pre-season challenge. So Nick, talk us through the strength of schedule for the Broncos, because they don't have a buy early, so I'm really interested. Mate, they've had the fourth hardest overall schedule, um, the seventh easiest rounds 1 to 12, the hardest over the origin period, and the third hardest run home for rounds 21 to 27. So the buys, as you mentioned, Stu, pretty juicy. Round 13 is their first buy. Round 16, uh, major buy round, is the second buy. And the final buy is round 24. So in terms of teams, they have twice. They have the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Eels, the Panthers, Rabbitohs, the Roosters, Storm and Titans. So uh, arguably uh, the uh, hardest first five games of the comp, sorry. I'm just going to stop you there. I'm going to say so basically they've got Queensland sides plus um, top eight sides. Eels, filth. Panthers, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Storm. Jesus. Mate, it, it's the gnarly. They have the hardest first five games in the comp. So they've got the Roosters in Vegas. They have the Rabbitohs at home round two. The Panthers away round three. Yep. They have the Cowboys at home round four. The Storm round five. Look, it gets pretty chill from there with the Dolphins, Raiders, Tigers. Um, the round 13 and 16 buys really muck up having any guns outside of Carrigan, Haas, and Walsh because um, you really want to have not you want to have all your players available for 13 and 16 unless it's planned to be those Origin guys. So that would have been those guys would have been out anyway, so you can cop that. But um, in terms of the run home, it's pretty solid, mate. You got the Cowboys round 23 away, the buy round 24, uh, which is important for head to head guys because that's a lot of head to head finals or either finishing or starting that week. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a good point. And then they finished three games technically, technically, well, not technically at home, but actually at home. So the Eels home round 25. Now the Dolphins away, but it's played at Suncorp round 26. So I've just calculated that as a home game. 
And then the Storm at home, round 27. So round four, 24 by sucks, as you mentioned, for the guns to run home. But you can really hold any of those big three, the Carrigan, Haas, and Walsh, all year long, I think, mate. Don't you think? Yeah. I think as long as you only hold one of them, I think that's fine. Obviously, the issue with Haas is that, like, if you're a head-to-head guy and that's your final, you save a trade. Uh, yep. Okay, so let's look at the guys while you look up. For Sorry, I was, just, I, was, I was just having a sip. <laughs> Excellent. No, I'll, I'll let you type that one up. So I'll get cracking. So look, Ezra Mam, let's talk about him because he's actually one of the top owned Brisbane Broncos players. So that I've got on my side anyway. So Ezra Mam, 450k, 33 break even. So there seems to be a lot of people that are very uh, interested in Mam. And I started to think about why, because I'm like, he's not in my squad. Didn't seem as especially fantasy relevant, but he's in almost 20% of squads. So took a look. Still can't really tell you from a stats side. So he doesn't run the side around. He drops to a 27 edge. So he drops his average without Adam Reynolds. There's no like, oh, if Adam Reynolds goes down, taking a bit more off Adam Reynolds, his average goes down because a lot of his is a runner. So his average also drops with Reese Walsh missing. I think, oh, maybe Reese Walsh is drinking his milkshake. No, Reese Walsh helps Ezra Man, feeds him good ball. Yep. So, yep, gets him space because Walsh is that threat, but like we mentioned with uh, Herbie on the Dolphins pot a while ago. So, mm. so. His average drops with Walsh missing. So why do people want Ezra Mam? I honestly think it's a combination of things being improvement in the second full year, plus some eye tests from the grand final. So what? look, there will definitely be some second year improvement uh, with the squad, some chemistry, whatever else, some improvement in what role he's taking. But what people aren't taking account for his grand final performance is that the Broncos are playing all out. Clearly had at that point a grade three PCL strain, so essentially no, um, no PCL at all at that point from a pain house hip drop. And so his ability to change direction in defense was way down. And he also had Isaiah Yo defending out on the edge for sections due to the concussions that they had out there. But the reason why Cleary's a gun is because directly after the game, he said, oh, no, nah, I was rubbish. He wasn't like, oh, my knee's you know, Jack bung or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So exactly. that's why that's why he's the best player in the comp. Otherwise, he's just pretty much the goat already. That's it. And then he flipping, yeah, had he's going to just live the rest of his life with that knee injury, apparently. Uh, then wow. I'm surgically repair it. So basically, so he averaged... 16 tackles, 99 run meters, and a shocking 47 meters kicked across the 2023 season with 1.1 errors and 4.4 missed tackles a game. I can see why it's 4.4 missed tackles a game because if I was having to run at like Tom Flegler, Payne Haas, Paddy Carrigan, I'd be running wider too. So I had a guy like Ezra. Sorry, sorry, you just said 47 meters kicked across the season. You mean he only kicked for 47 meters the whole season? No, on average. Sorry. On average. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, no. On average, he kicked for 47 meters. (laughs) So I'm just I'm just bringing up now just to make sure they're not about to lie to the people at home. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So he actually averaged in 2023, and I'm not making this up. 19 and a half meters kicked. No, no, no. Oh no. Oh, dude. I got the kick meters game. The kick meters wrong. <laughs> you're right. 19 meters a game. He kicked 19 meters a game. Mate, he went three games without any kick meters, and it was one. So he had kicked one meter. In For, four probably games. grubber or something. <laughs> you <Yeah>, if that. <laughs> yeah, he, he. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's a riveting podcast listening to me counting. Yeah, seven games last year where he kicked for zero meters. That's brilliant. That is true 5 8, isn't it? That's brilliant. He had, he had games where he had more uh, kick refusals and more penalties given away than kick meters. Um, Mate, more 5 8s need to watch Ezra Mim. Apparently. Um, the point being is that there's just no baseline thing. So you're all relying on attack. 
So there is a pathway to him getting to 10 points. So he needs to raise his 10, 20 kick meters to 120 kick meters. Uh, he got to lose half of his errors. Uh, he's got to lose half of his missed tackles and he's got to run it for an extra 20 meters. So if, if you can see all of these things happening in Ezra Mam's life, then go and get Ezra Mam. If you see half of these things happening, go and get another half. Go and get Kyle Flanagan. Go and get Drew Hutchison as he starts. I, I'm calling Ezra Mam a bust and I do not get why people own him. If you know why you want to own Ezra Mam, please contact the podcast on any of our channels. <laughs> I'll be flipping fascinated, right? If you've got a good argument, I'll put you on or I'll let you write an article. I do not care. I just do not get it. Yeah, 90% ownership's wild. It, I I think it's just grand final fever. It is, 100%. Awesome. Well, he's not on your squad too, I'm guessing by that, Nick. Hell no. Excellent. All right, next guy, Reese Walsh, 664k, 48 break even. So he had another breakout year in 2023, pushed himself in the forefront of the best fullback conversations in the comp discussion at least for 2023 i did by averaging 154 meters run 74 meters kicked averaging just about a line break a game try scoring rate of 0.4 try saving rate of 0.4 and over one try assist a game so 1.1 try assists a game that's fantastic yep and his running game put a lot of outside plays in space more often than not which helped the broncos bust open a lot of sides so he also had a couple of really poor scores too, which brought that average down a little bit. So seven against the Titans where he dropped everything and missed everyone was in defense. The, uh, was that the swearing at the ref game? No, I don't think it is. So he had a different one there. So, okay. uh, but that was in, was that an origin? No, it wasn't. Nah, that was against the Titans. Was it? Oh, it, 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 it might've been having a shocker. It is around 17. Yeah, he was just having a shocker that week. So, but he played the full 80. He, he must have just got pulled up after. Yep. So, anyway, so he had an absolute, absolute shocker that game. Um, but anyway, uh, the only reason why I'm not high on Reese Walsh is that his performances were down against the good sides. So, he got a 33 against the Panthers, 27 against the early season Rabbitohs, who were leading the comp to round 11, and 23 against the Eels. And that early Broncos draw is that trash fight with the Roosters, Rabbitohs, Panthers. Cowboys and Storm. So it could be around five to six pickup if he does have some quiet games of the year. Yep. And although he's likely to play Origins, so you need to have a long term investment strategy in mind. So, or you just hold him through that buy period. So essentially for me, it's one of those ones where I would not start with Reese Walsh and uh, just due to that early draw and the limitations that he sometimes does have. How about you, Nick? Because he's, he's very highly owned too. He's one of the top wing fullback ownership rates. Yeah, I'm not a fan. And um, just because there's clear value elsewhere, um, in particular, Campbell, we're, we're really high on Ponga. Pappenhausen's very popular um, as a bounce back type of guy. Uh, Reese Walsh has 20% ownership as well. I think that's too high. Um, but I can understand, like, he's obviously electric, but. Would you take him or Turbo loss, at basically the same price? Uh, I'd actually take Turbo. And um, it's just the theory um, where you make one trade to get rid of him. So if you pick him up and it's not very fun, you just eject with the one trade. Um, whereas I think Reese Walsh, you sort of pick him for the year. Good call. I like it. Um, excellent. So look, Reese Walsh for me is a guy who I'm suggesting that people do not start with to start your season. Another guy I suggest we do not start with is Jesse Arthurs, 334K wing fullback center duel. Uh, Jesse Arthurs is a popular choice in 2024, but mainly due to the price and the DPP, not necessarily because he's absolutely killing it, um, you know, in the comp. So yeah, 344K uh, with that 
25 break-even, 17% ownership. What the stats say is that he's got a long-term average of 22 on a wing, and he's got, in the center, he's around 26. So for me, he's just an avoid, Nick. Yep, totally. Yep. Look, there was a little bit of narrative that he could go better in the centers, more ball in hand, but with the news that Sel, this is the other news, Sel and Cobbo's there. So yep. for, for me, it's, yeah, which makes sense for Cobbo, but for me, it's just Arthur's being a bust. Another guy that we've got to talk about really quickly, Dean Mariner. So center, 450K, 33 break even. Seems unlikely to start. And if he does, is at the wing position with Cobbo confirmed at centers along with Stags. The issues is priced a bit too high for a game for a guy with uh, three games as winger. So the average is 43, which is great, but includes not one, but two doubles, Nick, for that 43 average. Yeah, he, he's um he's training it as in the starting wing position at the moment, apparently. That's, he uh, is, but that's because Jesse Arthurs has that ankle injury. I think Marin is a better player. Quite possibly. So, look, it seems like he's got four talent, like good talent, but there's, you know, plenty of options available. But at 450K... No, someone was, didn't someone say he's just got, like, ultimate wheels, which just, like, really suits the Broncos style by just having absolutely just menacing speed? Oh, look, in that case, he could be the guy, but still at 450K if he was center wing fullback. Yeah, it's yuck. It's yuck. I'm just, I'm not seeing it there. Like, a 450K starting wing fullback, uh, like, on a wing, I'm struggling to think about how many guys that I'd actually want at that price. Like, they're all elite guys, right? So he played substantially center in Q Cup uh, for a 37 average. So um, maybe a little bit of value, but on the wing, he averaged, just pulling it up, 27. Okay. so Yeah, I'm just not seeing it there. Bust, yep. Uh, Adam Reynolds, obviously averaging 51, long-term average is similar. Just another year older, avoid. I'd also let him drop a little bit in draft formats. So really, we've got to get to... Um, Payne Haas, who might the be on your side. Boy. Is he mine or yours? He's not mine. I got Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Well, I got Payne Haas, 880k, 64 break even, uh, and he averaged 64 last year. So, insane career best of 1.08 ppm uh, to be the best prop in the league. So, he averages 70 and 67 minutes for rounds one to five for 2019 to 2023. So, he even goes higher in those first few rounds where he's just fully fit and fresh and not bashed up. Uh, he's got a career high 4.9 tackle breaks and a career low 1.9 negatives. And for the minutes that he plays, it's just crazy. So this is your write-up, Nick. I can totally tell it. Because statistically <laughs> speaking, he's Jesus in the shape of a front rower. You just chucked him on my side. So I'm personally getting to the point where he should go help the Wallabies out. He's so dominant in the NRL. Imagine I'm saying this like Nick. Uh, great round one pickup. You can hold the whole season. Essentially, that's the part that I would have said. He's a great round one pickup. <laughs> Yeah, I did the right on that's hilarious. Um, yeah, I think I think Payne Haas at the stage where he's achieved enough in the NRL. Uh he should go help the Wallabies out. Go play number eight for the Wallabies. That's what I mean. Yeah. He's he's at that point where he's performing excellently. I am he's got this enormous ownership. He's 44.8% owned. It's really worrying me. I've got a couple of squads where he's out in favor of Hopgood. But just worrying me is that he is such a good player, Nick. Like, there's just points come from everywhere for this guy. Mate, the negatives is what's crazy. Only, like, two negatives. That's insane. Like, he's, that's like a missed tackle. Yeah. Like, a game. That's it. He's got a huge motor. So, and yes, very safe playing stats, which is why he's been playing first grade since he was 18. So, for me, it's one of those ones where you can certainly play him. The only danger sign that I see here is that 
he is Vegas bound. So you can probably put him as your vice captain, but you just, what you can't do is you can't pick up another guy like who also plays in Vegas. You can't, just can't have too many of those same guys. So uh, because of the way that the split round works. So for me, Haas, you can certainly get him sticking in your squad, keeping there for most of the season, right, Nick? Yeah, he's absolute set and forget. Based upon their buy schedule. Yeah, vice-captain every week. Uh, and just put the captaincy on Hines or Cleary, whoever you choose. Now, mate, now that I've written, you know, spoken one of your write-ups, how about you talk about one of yours? <laughs> mate, you keep going. <laughs> mate, you're clear. Uh, Pat, what are you doing? Pat, Patty, Patty Carrigan's 791k, 58 break-even. He averaged 57.5 last year, so interesting years. He played one game in the halves, a couple in the second row, and a couple... Uh, sort of mid-edge games in his uh, pure lock role, though he averaged fifty-six point two and sixty-three minutes in fifteen games. So in the uh, in the hybrid role, he averaged sixty-three in four games. So it's anyone's guess as to whether he'll play like you know. There's a talk of Murray being sort of fifty-twenty split between the lock and back row position, um, potentially uh, uh, spelling Piakura. So Piakura gets like that sixty-minute role, and then maybe Carrigan gets a bit of a rest on that edge, but still provides his quality. I think it's a positive step um, by moving him to the back row is Payne Haas. You actually saw him ball play a little bit um, and offloading game is pretty pretty nasty and not burning Carrigan out like we've said with Murray. Now, thankfully, uh, it isn't drastically impacting Carrigan's fantasy output. He's just now in that gun at the end of the day. Really solid option, but I think there's value elsewhere for round one. I'm not seeing just by slicing and dicing all the different minutes and rolls and all that sort of stuff. I just don't think there's much value there. Uh, really, I think the hybrid role, I think it's a good idea, but um, I think the scariest thing about the Broncos is you get Payne Haas doing a hit-up, which is really tough to contain where he could offload. If he gets the ball playing going as well, like he sort of did towards the middle back end of last year, then you've got Paddy Carrigan sort of doing the same thing. It's like, God, like that is just you know, so hard to deal with. So you're pretty much dealing with like two SA Yost, you know, um, pretty much. It's pretty nasty. So personally, I just leave Carrigan in the middle. I wouldn't bother with him on the edge from a winning point of view, but for fantasy, it'd be good because I think it means more minutes potentially, Stu. That's it. So for me... Rather mean capped at 63 minutes. That's it. Look, for me, I'd still take Payne Haas as the guy with a little bit of that higher early season upside. But look... Absolutely. Uh, Paddy Carrigan is not a bad pickup. Um, he's... And he's certainly a guy who's recovered from the ACL last year just absolutely perfectly, which is great to see. So, Piakura, mate, 399k, 29 break even, which is what he averaged last year. So, he's just the edge. He's only 21 and getting a crack at Kate Wells vacant left edge spot. He averages 38.3 in 73 minutes in six games over 50 minutes. So, when he gets some good minutes, he averages 38, uh, which isn't fantastic, but still pretty good, respectable. Uh, in reserve grade, he has some worrying signs, averaging only 36 in seven. 78 minutes, which isn't great. Oh, no. That's not good. PPM of 0.5. That is not what we want to see. At both NRL and reserve grade levels, worrying me. Potentially caps around a 40 average, right? 0.5 times 80 is 40. So problem is if he gets... 80, which, you know, we're not quite sure. So we'll just have to wait and see with his minutes and trials. But it's clear he's just not a fantasy stud, Stu. He might have the Jacob Host syndrome where he gets max 60 minutes and just languishes and never really breaks out from a fantasy cash generating point of view, right? Yeah, that's true. But like the reason why most people want to own Piakura is, and I'm just having a look at this from my standpoint, he uh, his ownership rate is just astronomical. So 42.5%. 
So, and most of those would be active players. So, but if he gets sixty minutes, he's not going anywhere, guys. Yeah, he's not going anywhere fast. But also, you you can pull the eject button at that point, right? You can cash him down a little bit. No, no, no. You you cannot afford to be switching around cashies like like that. I think you got to nail them first thing. And I, you just really got to watch watch trials here, guys, to see what his minutes are. That's true. It, it could be could be a huge trap. Well, you're only going to get one look at the trials for Broncos because they've got to go over to Vegas early. So, well, then um, get some tinnies and make sure you watch it. Get get into wherever they're wherever they're playing. That's it for me. It's Pete is one of those guys where I think he will end up getting to sort of that 500k mark or so. I'm looking mm. at Kate Will last year, who really did get to that sort of 42 point average. Um, and but Kate Will's one of the best edges in the league. Yeah, but he was, he was also older as well, like when he was playing on. And I'm just just having a look here. He's he's taking a similar position uh 42.2 over 76 minutes i'm just saying that like yeah we're not expecting 50 55 points from pikura but i reckon we can look forward to something approaching a 40 yeah i agree uh, yeah if he gets the minutes so yeah that, that's just the important part here i just don't think he has huge upside maybe i'm i'm just saying maximum 10 points he's not like a 20 point average kind of guy we're expecting 50s if you, that's your expectation you'll be bitterly disappointed so uh, for sure max max 10 points is all i'm saying yeah i'll look um, if he was above 400k, I'd be not interested, but at 400k, interest. Who's left? Yeah. Uh, Fletcher Baker, 360k, 26 break even. So he's a nice PPM guy, Stu. 0.9 PPM in 2023, career 0.87 PPM. Uh, he's got 0.8 PPM. Yeah, prop or off the bench reserve grade when he plays 44 minutes. So that's about a 35 average. So if, it's, if he gets 40 to 45 minutes, then a really solid option of about 15, 10 to 15 points of value. Um, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan. So I'm sort of lucky in that 0.9 PPM. So easy 10 points of value, assuming it's the 40 minutes there, mate. Yeah. So I think what we really got to do is just keep an eye on that squad. I think if he starts, Fletcher Baker should be in a lot of people's squads. I think that if he doesn't start, he's probably just a straight up avoid, right? Uh, yeah. Because yeah, like, the, if the we're locking in yeah. Payne Haas for 65, 60, right? Payne Haas yep. for 60, we're locking in uh, Kate, uh, sorry, not Kate, well, uh, we're locking in Carrigan for 65. There just isn't a lot of minutes left. <laughs> I, th- I think you're sort of um, rotating Baker with Jensen for like 40 each. Yes. Because Tapao will play like 20, 25. Hetherington yeah. will play 25. Yeah. And Tay will get his 20, you know, so. Yeah. yeah, probably, yeah, 30 at the expense of the hooker. So, yeah, look, that's fair. So, if he does get close to that 40, there certainly could be some value there. I like it. Yep. So, uh, I guess the edge of Akashi there, but definitely if he starts, possibly if he's off the bench, check the minutes. All right, mate, is there anyone left in this squad that we need to talk about? I mean, Kobe Heatherington, if he gets minutes, then he's a good player, but that's pretty much it. Katani Stags, we always love. Sel and Cobo, we always love, but they're just a bit bit pricey, right? Cobo's, what, 600 and k at the moment? That's it. Like, they're 568. Yeah. Yep. No, unfortunately for Cobo and Stags, they're just priced. They're this, Cobo's a guy who I'll wait for the dip and I'll want to get a bit of a high test on at center, but he could be worth a look as well. That's about it for me. So I think we might wrap it up there. This is the Boomer Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Brisbane Broncos preseason preview signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boomer Bust Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.